It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. Listen in as your hosts discuss a variety of topics, diving deep into Isaac's thoughts on the multiverse trope, as well as taking a look at a laundry list of mistakes we've made on some of our older podcasts. What did you? What, what's news on James Cameron's Avatar? Oh no, it's uh, news on the uh, Nickelodeon series Avatar. Ah, okay. And I say Nickelodeon because Nickelodeon announced a whole new branch of their, um, I, I guess, network. But not not quite network. It's more like just a company that's within their within their network. A subsidiary, you say? Eh? Yes, and it is going to be run by Bright. Um, I always forget how to, what their names are. Brian Konitsko and yeah, Michael Dante DiMartino. Yeah, and it's going to be just like Sony did with their Ghostbusters Ghost Corp. Uh, it's going to oh. be like Avatar Corp. Yeah, and so uh, I wouldn't know. I don't know if I want to say uh oh yet because those two are running it, and it's going to be a branch for them to create more Avatar shows. They're starting their studio off by doing apparently. A theatrical animated film following up on Avatar, I believe. So, I mean, it's pretty giant, gigantic news for uh, the Avatar world. <laughs> it's a little worrying because it could turn into crap pretty quick, but I'm tentatively uh, anticipating the releases. So, hype intensifies from the inside. <laughs> Perfect timing for us to start our Avatar podcast, so. Yeah, but it's it's fun, because uh, Eric was saying that he's never really had much interest in exploring the horror genre, so it's like a whole, kind of like, I, I guess you have, you have interest in it, but you just haven't explored a lot of that stuff, so. Yeah, exactly. I was always, as I got older, I started liking horror a little more and understanding, okay, it's, it's not so much being scared, it's exploring these 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 ideas, and this it's a psychological uh, mystery almost in a way of what's going on here. And some of them are smart like that, and others aren't always like that. Yeah, it's not. I'm not in there for the kill, like the slasher movies, where it's just like, all right, you're going there to see very creative kills against these hormonal teenagers. Yeah, those yeah, those are slashers. I'm not a big slasher guy either. Yeah, and I I completely because of my upbringing, I I automatically assumed that slashers equaled horror. And like there might be some horror elements in a slasher film, but no, not really. No, they 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 absolutely are uh, just one of the subgenres of horror, but Yeah, and for again for like a whole decade, that's all that horror was during the 80s. 
It was just slasher and zombies occasionally, but it was slashers that ruled the roost. Did you see that? Uh, did you see Oliver Harper's? What was it Heart of Not Not Hard Darkness? Excuse me, but um, oh, what was that documentary he did about horror? Oh, I'm not sure. Huh. Yeah, it's, it's just his um. He's got two documentaries. I gotta watch those at some point. He's, it seems fascinating, and, and to support like a, a, a cool dude, of course. Yep. A yeah, real cool. Very real cool dude. But I wonder how. I would you say Aliens is horror as well? I guess it's action horror technically. Yeah, action horror. Would you also say that Terminator One is horror? Yep, a, a I bit would. Of horror, pardon me. Yeah, I, I would as well. I wouldn't say Predator 1 is horror. Um, I would. I certainly thought it was really creepy and, and scary as a kid, especially, like, just how in, uh, extreme some of the violence was. I guess so. I didn't I didn't watch it as a kid. I watched it as a teenager and didn't find it as scary as, say, Predator. Or Predator, sorry, Terminator. Mm. I think it's because the end, the stop motion, really, like, hit me. Well, that's fair. <laughs> it certainly got me seeing what James Cameron saw in his dreams. Oh yeah, wasn't like a malaria, like fever dream or something when he was shooting. Uh... Something like that. I don't know what. Like it was, he had a dream. And then I guess, I guess it was filming something. Yeah, he was filming uh, Piranha Two. The yeah, spawning. I figured that was what it was. Yeah, I think they shot that in Italy, and yeah, he just got sick and he had a terrible time when that production too. He got fired, and the producer came in and finished it. Oh my. Yeah, because he was just taking too long. <laughs> yeah, Piranha Two: The Spawning is just horrible. You don't say. The first one's okay, though. first one's okay. Directed by Joe Dante. Guy behind Gremlins and um, uh, The Howling. He's a good director in his time. Or an interesting one, at least. He also directed Looney Tunes back in action, though, so I guess everyone has their... Uh... <laughs> uh, you know, they have their ups and their downs. <laughs> exactly. Uh, sir, would you mind um, going over what happens with uh, the new Predator movie? Oh, did, did something else happen? No, just for everybody here uh, who hasn't found out or hasn't heard what, what's going on with uh, the new Predator movie that you've uh, been excited about. That's funny, you know. We actually discuss all that in the uh, so far unreleased Speakeasy uh, bonus episode 4. I went all into that stuff. So you'll hear about it uh, shortly. <laughs> A couple weeks from now. So I don't think they've released any new news. Oh wait, did I guess they did announce that one new bit about how it's uh yeah, going to be a female lead this time, kind of an empowerment. Another empowerment kind of fantasy. Uh, I it sounds rude saying it that way, but I mean, what else do you call it, really? Something. I mean, I just uh, I don't know what to say. I I'm really disappointed here they're going in that direction. This doesn't seem like it's going to be a serious movie. If that's the case. And I'm not saying that you can't make really empowering, badass movies with female leads. I mean, again, female prisoner, Scorpion. She just becomes like a creature of violence. And But uh, for whatever reason, I, I don't think Hollywood handles it very well for the most part. They turn it really kind of cheesy and silly a lot of times. I mean, just look at the recent uh, Black Christmas film for type of subtlety that they do with female empowerment stories. But... Maybe I'm just a little butthurt from seeing those kind of films. Yeah. I'm sorry, sir. Well, we will see how it goes. It's. I'll be in the theater. Either a week from opening or maybe opening night even. I'll be there. But 
I'll have my my arms a little bit crossed, but of course. And I was just hoping for a return to form. You know, I mean, what, when's it gonna happen? Didn't we say that with the Predator? Oh, I was fully expecting it. Yeah, I was fully anticipating it to be the best, potentially the best one since the first one. I guess maybe I'm a bit of a fool for expecting it at this point, but yeah, I'll still be there. <laughs> uh, what a fool believes. Giving them my money again. <laughs> Actually, can you send me through Facebook some of the information that you were talking about? Sure. Like, uh, like where what Bryke's doing exactly? Oh yeah, apparently a um, the title for Spider-Man the the third uh, Disney and Sony Spider-Man movie has uh, been announced. I don't know if you saw that either. No, I didn't. What was it? Well, there was okay. So the the backstory is that a little little preference. So Tom Holland and the actor who plays uh, um, Ned Leeds and then Zendaya, they all kind of it was going to be revealed, I guess, by Marvel one day, and then they're like, okay, let's play a prank, and then we're all going to like reveal what the titles are, and it's I don't remember what they were. My sister just told me at dinner time, and it's something to do with home again. Oh, really? Oh my god, that's so lame. Let me just see this right now. I'm going to look this up right now so it's not like... Is it Spider-Man You Can't Go Home Again? Um, maybe. Probably not. <laughs> oh, I sent you that article, by the way. Thank you. I'm so curious what this theatrical film is going to be. Oh, my oh man. MCU fans freaking out over Spider-Man 3's official title. Uh, after months of theorizing and a day after the cast decided to troll us with a range of fake names, the truth... Oh, golly. Oh no! All right, what what do you think it is? No clue, no clue at all. Uh, and in keeping with the pre previous two installments in the home, because we have a fascination with home, and he never is really home. I'd say trilogy, Homecoming, and Far From Home, the Tom Holland starring threequel, that's a thing, is officially called Spider-Man: No Way Home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's lame. And apparently, right after that comes out Doctor Strange Two. Yep. So did you uh, read this? It was a good read. It was a nice read. I liked it. But it does look like it's an exclusive uh, network for them, actually, because it's called Avatar Studios, I believe. Yeah, Avatar Studios. Yep. Oh boy, that. <laughs> it's giving me flashbacks to Ghost Corp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know what, let's, let's wait and see, let's wait and see. I, be like, be like Toph, and wait and see. <laughs> neutral gin, neutral gin, mm -hmm. you'll get that if you, you watch Avatar. Because there's, se was it 72, no, 73 forms of gin, and there's three of them. Positive, neutral, negative. I don't know what the other 70 are, but... <laughs> I right. hope the next series, find, we find out about that, but anyway... I can't wait to get to the Toph stuff. That's one of my favorite characters. I love that she showed up in the last season of Korra as like a more of a central character. Yeah, certainly it was, was nice. Uh, yeah, but this it. article, you know, reading it right here, it's saying that the uh, fandom's grown like so immensely since that time. It's a perfect time for us to start this pod. I guess it is. Obviously, here and now, this was... We were planning to do this before all this dropped, so this is coincidence. Or coincidental. Coincidental. Yeah, the only, like, the only, the only, yeah, uh, the only 
thing upon the horizon was the Netflix series. Yep. And again, not we weren't doing it because of that, because we both like Avatar, and we, this guy wanted to do a podcast over it, so it's like, let's do it. Well, also, I don't like the fact that in this article they drop one line about, you know, it was followed by Legend of Korra, which launched on Nickelodeon in 2012 and ran for four seasons. And we don't talk about any of the tyrannical nonsense that Nickelodeon put that show through. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, which I still don't know about, so we'll get into that eventually. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, just just funny, like, small little thing. I'll get into it. Yeah, I'll get into that. Um, there's just a, a funny little aside, back to Spider-Man for a second. It's funny how with Far From Home coming out, that was the last... MCU film to come out before Black Widow was supposed to come out, and it still hasn't come out yet. So once that comes out, the next film after Black Widow is supposed to be um, whatever that third one was. I just forgot. The, that's how like forgettable the title is. Wow, really? That's what they're doing? Not From Home or something like that. Yeah, apparently. So, oh. this marks the first time since uh, not the first time, but the, the second time in all of yeah. MCU history uh, that a same character uh, character series in the MCU gets their movies almost back to back, and who was the last time Iron Man one and then Iron Man two? Yeah, I was gonna say it was pretty close with the Thor movies, but it wasn't close enough. I think there was three in between. Yeah, yeah. Even if it was like two years, a two year difference, and the same thing with no, not Cap, because that was three years difference. But it was a two year difference. But yeah, there was three films in between then. Yep. Yeah, that's... Wow, I, I didn't realize that. Huh. Uh, actually... I guess Sony. It is what it is. It's... Yeah, Sony just needs to... <laughs> Sony wants to get that character out there. I'm so, I'm so, like... It's funny how, like, flip-floppy I am with Sony because, like, I understand why they wanted Spider-Man back and I was pro with them. Mm-hmm. And that's why they released Far From Home so quickly. Because they wanted, you know, the rights back. But... I, at the same time, they're just... I, I, I honestly can't trust them a lot. Yeah, and at least according to Eric yesterday, I think he was saying that Sony was responsible for some of that playing down the blip stuff. Um, oh. I've heard some other people say that too with the Far From far from Home. And so maybe, maybe they were to blame for some of my falling out with Marvel a little bit. Yes, I kind of figured that. I, I kind of figured that they released Far From Home immediately after... Um, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Endgame. Endgame, pardon me. Um, and almost wanted to set it aside from... Uh, or apart from Endgame. Like, Endgame almost didn't happen. I, I know you kept saying that, but it's just like... It's, it's almost like its own movie and shouldn't be placed inside... <laughs> The MCU is... I, I know it sounds stupid for me to say that. Oh, he's realizing that now. I still haven't seen the movie. I'm just going off of what he's saying. And, and that's fair. I mean, maybe... Maybe it wasn't the right movie to follow it, Endgame. <laughs> uh, yeah. Took away all the weight. You go from this really serious, kind of... Uh, at some point, like, brutal... At some points, brutalizing type of movie. Yeah. And then you go to really light-hearted Spider-Man fair with... Yeah, the whole very serious implications are all just turned into a joke. It's like, oh, well. Again, that's it turned me off completely. And, you know, I don't know how many of the 
writers for uh, Far From Home are Sony writers or writers for Sony. So, yeah, I don't follow that stuff that closely anymore. So, <laughs> fair enough, eh? God dang, Spider Man 3 and then Sam Raimi. Mm hmm. <sighs> we live in a weird timeline. <laughs> yeah, we do. Who would have thought? And it's so strange, too, because it's almost like MCU looked at um, what Sony was doing with Into the Spider-Verse. Because that one also kind of brought in elements and almost kind of, um, in some ways, is almost in the same continuity with the Raimi Spider-Man movies. And now they're doing the same thing with the live-action films. It's It really feels like they're kind of riding the coattails in that way. Are we talking... Uh, multiverse stuff here or not multiverse yep well the way you're making it sound with multiverse is uh, all I can think of is Age of Ultron the, the comic book I mean and how at the end of that when after they killed Hank Pym and then they had to go back and unkill Hank Pym or stop Wolverine from killing Hank Pym they just go back to the uh. present day and everything changed Again, history was rewritten. Mm -hmm. Nothing is the same anymore. Yada yada yada, and that's how we moved on to you know a new. I don't remember what it was, but you know you kind of get what I mean. Yeah, I think that's actually a good starting off point for a, a conversation I keep meaning to ask, and every time I forget. Go ahead. <laughs> so, um, with, with the whole conversation with Jason, you're talking about how you just hate multiverse. Oh. Yeah, and I just keep meaning to ask, like, where does that come from, the complete disdain for it? Eric. Like, oh, like uh, Geekvolution Eric? Geekvolution Eric, pardon me. Oh, does he hate multiverse or something? He hates multiverse. Huh. Is there any particular reasons that you um, dislike it so much? Yeah, as a guy who's never read, or has not read as much as Eric has, uh, both both old and new, or current, excuse me, I think it's just being overdone a lot. This is especially a little more with DC, because I follow DC more than I do Marvel. And DC has all the like the, the, the 52 Earths, which mm -hmm. there aren't actually 52 Earths, but I guess I consumed a lot of DC, like the Crisis on Infinite Earths, and then a few other ones. I think Power Girls Wells, one that has stuff with multiversity stuff in there. And it just really like started to annoy me. Mm. That were it's such an easy idea to go with of like oh there's an there's another version of you like it just seems like it's a very very old idea that we've 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 ringed every inch of it out of yeah I mean I guess that's I guess that's fair uh, I mean I don't necessarily agree but I, I'm not being reasonable I I fully understand that I'm I'm not in the right here but. I'm just telling you what I'm I'm saying, man. Like I just I, I I could see feeling like there's no dramatic weight to multiverse stories anymore. I hear Spider Gwen works. I hear she uh she, her storylines work in the comics, but mm. yeah, everyone loves her. I've just I don't know. I've I've always never like I don't I don't know what to say. I just it breaks reality and. You, there are stories that you can tell with with you know multiversity but it just seems like a cheap way to g get away with things yeah I'm, 
I mean, I guess that's it is it is certainly kind of a a cheap way to just especially if you're feeling like oh things are getting a little bit slow. Let's just throw in this whole other thing. We have the same characters, but now they're all different because it's multiverse. You know what it is? Stock storyline. That's what it is. A stock storyline. I think you're okay with it because of Doctor Who. Doctor Who doesn't really go into multiverse stuff very often. It's time travel. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm mixing time travel with multiversity. I apologize. Yeah, Star Trek goes into the uh, multiverse stuff a little bit more. You're absolutely right. And, and some time travel as well. Yeah, yeah, every now and again. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just a stock storyline and it's why I really love New Frontier because Just League would always have to de- deal with parallel, parallel Earth problems. Mm-hmm. And I just want here and now stories. And we always have to go either, you know, out into space. Well, space is an important place to go, yes. But we always have to go uh, either through time or into another universe and and deal with their problems because there's no there's absolutely no problems in like our world that need work unless it's like you have a good idea. Yeah, I, I was just curious. I mean, I just figured I'd ask because I kept uh, meaning to. But proceeds to read other books about how what good multiverse uh, ideas and stories and th- then you know puts my foot in my mouth and realize oh I'm a goof. Oh, I'm sure there's lots of great ones, but I mean, I also read um, Christ on Infinite Earths, and I was like, I think that's an awful book in so many ways, but... I disagree, <laughs> but... In Age of Ultron, awful. Awful, yeah, I would still, I think, I prefer, yeah, sorry, I prefer Infinite Earth to Age of Ultron, personally. Me too, but I think they're both really bad. The problem is that Christ, Christ, Christ on Infinite Earths is not. There's no. There's not really infinite Earths. There's only like eight or nine, maybe, as the joke goes. Yeah, but I mean that wasn't necessarily my problem with it. But no, I'm just. I'm. That's that's fair. <laughs> I think what I'm trying to say is, it's hard to actually do infinite characters because you can't really do that. Like it's really hard for an artist to show that mm-hmm. like you know what i mean unless they had a computer program to help them they can't draw an infinite amount of characters i mean there probably are that can pardon me for stating that but like if we want infinity like you know how big that is i also think that it's a whole uh, scale problem as well where they realize like this is it's bigger than they think it is actually mm-hmm. it's like when we say multiverse this means that there's a multiverse. Like, there's so many. And it's not really... I think they're mistitling it almost. It should be less than that. It's however many we have um, going on at this point. <laughs> Currently, let's put it that way. Yeah, maybe it's just a bad choice of title. I mean, it's a great title, Christ on Infinite Earths, but... Yeah, I mean, we're not really seeing Infinite Earths, but... I mean, Perez was trying as many Earths as he could, which <laughs> awesome for him. Like, the art's the best part of the book. Best part of the book is is Perez's artwork in that. <sighs> no, I'm, I fully admit I'm I'm probably in the wrong here, and just being stubborn and not open, close-minded, and that's very rude of me because I always try to be open-minded. I do want to read Multiversity. Funny enough. <laughs> no, I'm not sure I know what that is. And um, Dark Knights, I believe. Or was it Batman Metal? No, I remember what it was called. 
And I mean, for whatever reason, I just keep thinking of his Dark Materials. And I love all the... I mean, I guess it's, it's 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 multiverse, but in like a different way because we're not seeing the same characters. It's just you're like going to all these different universes or maybe dimensions would be the better word. I don't know. But. Yeah, I, I see your point. And that's, that's novel. So, I don't know. I think I'm just... I think I just have a problem, excuse me, with comic book, uh, and even with with comic book multiversity, and even like this goes back to Flash, where Flash was reading a comic book in the day. Uh, you remember in New New, uh, New Frontier, where he was reading the Jay Garrick comic book, mm-hmm. and then he actually goes into the Jay Garrick comic book, and it's like, what is this? He, he did that in the in New Frontier. No, not New Frontier. Sorry, but in in like Flash comics in the day. Oh, that's weird. Uh, well, they could do something interesting with it, maybe. It depends, but... <laughs> I was about to say, oh, if you did Multiversity as comic book, or as a comedy book, excuse me, it would work, but then there's Deadpool. It's like, oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, I guess it just depends what you're exposed to. You know, I've not read a lot of that DC stuff, just in general, so... And I always thought that's maybe why I disliked Christ on Infinite Earth so much, too. It's because... I hadn't had a lot of experience with a lot of the characters that I was reading. This is that's the same case as Cap, I believe. Yeah, and so I was just kind of like, these feel like just they're just images on a page. These aren't real characters. They have no life to them. They're just a cool image, just moving from set piece to set piece, and the pages are packed with dialogue, but the dialogue doesn't really do anything to inform the characters. It just I remember just finding it really um, tedious to read, but. I, I love the art, but I just couldn't get into the story or the characters. That, that's fair. We'll do that. Uh, we'll do that comic at some point uh, down the line. Yeah, I haven't read it since maybe, maybe like 2011, maybe, maybe even 2010. Uh, I know you lent it to me, so I think it was either 2015 or 2016. Yeah, and I meant to reread it so we could discuss it, and I started it, and I got like maybe three issues in they're really fucking long issues they are and i just fell off again i never never finished it i mean i understand by the end of the book i understood what that whole that whole book was about it wasn't like secret wars it wasn't like infinity gauntlet it was literally a reboot Mm -hmm. like it was a retcon it was a is a is a reboot so i was like i gave it that reason it's like okay oh yeah this is just a reboot because there were so many versions of those characters, it's like, alright, let's fit them down to one. Yeah, and I mean, you, you gotta... And it was groundbreaking at the time, you gotta give it its dues in that way, but I just found it to be a really unengaging book. In the but. day, it made sense. Nowadays, yeah, it's tacky and kind of outdated. Yeah, I feel like maybe if you don't have a lot of experience with those old characters, maybe it wouldn't mean much of anything to you. Unfortunately. I don't know, I... It just feels like it's an easy threat for a team or for a character. Like, oh, a person from another universe, like another universe is attacking. Why? I don't know. I, I'm probably not thinking properly here of like, well, just make, you know, a new villain up. And then it's like you make a new villain up and they're poorly written. <laughs> I'm not making any sense. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'll be excited if they do a different version of Mysterio and we get to see a better version of that on screen. Uh, that's that's really what I'm hoping for with the multiverse or a multitude of madness. Now, what's it called? Fuck. 
maybe it's called Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange. Because I know um, Sam Raimi's planning on bringing back a whole bunch of folks, so I'm hoping that we'll get um, another version of Mysterio. Well, yeah, the Spider-Man 4 Mysterio. That'd be cool. And I, at least, according to Cap and Dan, they were saying that he wanted to cast um, Bruce Campbell in the role of Mysterio. Yep. So... I would absolutely love to see that, even if it's just like a brief little cameo for like five minutes or something. I would love that because I've 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 been looking forward to seeing that character represented on screen for forever, and that again was one of the reasons I was so let down by that fucking movie. And then they got the scrolls wrong too, in my opinion, and so it was just like a cascade. And Thanos too, I thought they got wrong, even though I liked their Thanos. So it's just like a bunch of things piling up. Where I was just getting really unhappy well don't worry that your your version of thanos is somewhere he exists in some timeline <laughs> well in the comic where it really matters but no there you go uh, i actually have some notes not some notes but i have some behind the mic uh pointing out my f-ups sure uh, that i've always wanted that i've wrote written down this was like a few months so this is like a month or two ago that i wrote them down because i was going through some of them uh from I was going through some of our commentaries and I listened and I was like, oh, I messed up some stuff. So time to, time to, um, Isaac's, uh, like apology corner, <laughs> apology corner slash making amends. Hmm. There's a term. I don't remember what it's called. Uh, let's see the obvious one. Oh, uh, mea culpa. <laughs> Me- mea culpa. There we go. <laughs> oh yeah. So in the, um, Oh crap! In a better world, in, in Justice League, so where we meet the Justice Lord, excuse me, uh, in that episode, um, I made a mistake of saying Batman debuted in 1937, or yeah, 1937. I'm incorrect. It was 19. It was May of 1939. I have no explanation for that. I just messed it up. That's yeah. That's just that's on me. Uh, on the note from that same episode. Forgot to mention uh, how there's a better depiction of a superhero assaulting the White House. Oh, yeah. X2. That goes for Days of Future Past and Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, interesting. I mean, looking at it now, maybe not that the latter one. I She wasn't really assaulting the White House, I'll say that. But there's just some stuff there that was kind of cool. But Yeah, I don't know why... I forgot about. I think I meant to say it in the episode, but I just completely, it completely crossed my mind uh, that you know. Oh, we have another superhero fight scene in the White House. Oh yeah. And um, honestly, I still think that scene. I know I haven't gone back to it since, but I think that fight scene in the White House was still probably one of the best like action scenes in a superhero movie ever. X two. X two. Oh yeah, beautiful piece, choice of music. Yeah, some great art. Yeah, that was just a great scene. I think the, I don't want to. Yeah, see, I don't want to talk out of my own butt, but I think the CGI still holds up. It it holds up okay. It's clearly that kind of rubber looking, um, kind of liquidy CGI that they were doing. Oh uh, yeah, but it, it's okay. You know, it is what it is. I just kind of got to accept it. And Brian Singer chooses enough kind of interesting like ways to film it yeah that it, it it it's excusable he chooses all his shots properly yep i have to 
educate myself before I, I, I talk about an issue and a topic at hand. And I didn't do that with Multiversity, so... Hey, you know, I mean, we're talking off the cuff here. It's not like we... It's much easier when you read it and then talk about it rather than kind of trying to remember your thoughts about it from whenever you last read it or whatever. Yeah, this is true. Not just multiversity, I just mean like multiverse stuff in general. I should just go on a binge of reading multiverse stuff and maybe I'm like, okay, maybe I I form my own opinion and it's not just Eric's opinion. Yeah. Because it's like, I can't just use him as an example. I actually, actually have an opinion on my, by myself. No, that's fair. Yeah, Eric. <laughs> Eric's a strange dude. He's got a lot of, um... Out there theories. Yeah, and, and he... Like, I think a lot of my um, Dark Knight Rises... Because when I first saw Dark Knight Rises, I was pretty disappointed with it, too. And then over on the Geekvolution channel, they had... It was like a huge kind of, like, explosion of opinions on that film. And Eric's was so kind of, um... Hard-lined. And so I would... And I agreed with him, but I think I agreed with him too much like i think i he his opinion kind of blinded me from the good sides of that film oh yeah but anyway now this this next one so continue on um re-examining the prequel droids Ooh, this is kind of for you as well uh different design for them making it more believable or a fundamental mistake as the sole enemy jedi face uh during the clone wars Instigating a no-kill rule for the Jedi, which doesn't work from Return's perspective, and putting them up against sentient life forms as antagonists, including androids, a big distinction between them and droids slash drones. Uh, that puts them at odds with public opinion and the Republic. Wait, uh, say that again. I got so distracted by the no-kill rule. What did you see after that? That's fair. I should have done it. I should. I'm gonna do it in two parts. Sorry. Sure. So. <laughs> My brain just ran a million directions after you said that. <laughs> I, I did, sorry. I rambled on with both my, like, at, when I wrote it and, like, as I said it. So let me try that again. Try again. So re-examining the prequel droids. For, first part, uh, a different design for them making it more believable or a fundamental mistake as the sole enemy Jedi faced during the Clone Wars. Hmm. Now, could they, re could they redesign them to make them more of a believable threat? Yes. Rather than them being like slender sticks, basically. Like, what if, what if, what if the dro droidicas were the base model? Oh, yeah. And then from there, everything else just got more insane. I think it helps that the droidicas never spoke. Because that was a huge issue, is they gave them these stupid voices. That's true. And they're like the comic relief. The villain, the villains are the comic, comic relief. Yeah, again, up until Returns, the Stormtroopers really didn't uh, have that much of comic relief, I'll say that. I don't know, I mean, they got some characters here and there, but not, like, comic relief, I'd say. No, yeah, they weren't, like, doing dumb jokes back and forth. The biggest problem that everybody had with them, and still do to this day, is that they can't shoot properly. Mm-hmm. Which I'll just say, I don't remember if it's in any of the episodes that we're going to watch, but they make some jokes about that in The Mandalorian. Oh, great it, it's all I'll, I'll explain the scene because i don't think we're gonna watch it but there's like these two uh stormtroopers just guarding someone and they're just kind of having a chat and then one of them just starts shooting at a rock on the ground and he keeps shooting at it and keeps missing it, and the other one tries to shoot it too and then they eventually just give up oh no <laughs> so they're just hanging out just trying some target practice and they just can't do it 
I know there's an infer in universe explanation for that. I I, I I think that they're just they're just not well trained. I just get the impression that the Empire is kind of incompetent. In universe, there is an explanation. Out of universe, it's so that the plot armor slash so the heroes can't die. Yeah. I wouldn't. I still wouldn't mind them getting scraped up a bit, like them getting shot in the arm or something like like Leia at the end of Returns. Like I wish that was every episode where they. I mean, it might get a little ridiculous by that point where it's just like, okay, how have they not? They've they've shrugged off so many blaster bolts. Like how have, how are they still walking? Yeah, that'd be better. I mean, obviously that'd be better. Than, yeah. well, I don't know if that would be better because then people would just be complaining like, okay, it's either all the all the um, base level troopers can't shoot for uh, to save their life, literally, or all the protagonists are made of iron. With Luke, it might make a little sense. It might make some sense mm-hmm. uh, because of his Jedi training and if he can increase his durability and he can like create a force field around himself, like a personal uh, field for himself. But with like Han and Leia, they're normal humans, so they're gonna, you know, take a blaster bolt like any other human would. And of course, they again out of universe, uh, out of universe. They did design the Stormtrooper armor wrong. It should have really been that their suits could take a lot more um, uh, blaster fire. In fact, you almost needed less Stormtroopers. That'd be interesting if you had less Stormtroopers in the first uh, three films. Um, where they like their armor could soak up all that damage before they went down. It should be able to soak up damage. But I also just think if they would have just thrown in more Rebels getting like slaughtered all the time... Anytime there's a conflict, like, our people just barely scrape by to live would be a better way to go. Oh, certainly. Yeah, it would certainly give the Rebels uh, a more positive light, let's put it that way. Whereas the Empire is just always uh, offensive and always oppressive, pardon me. Uh, you That'd know, be remember, the, remember the scene in, uh, I don't know how if you remember this much, but in John Wick 3 where it's those, um, it's those elite SWAT troopers almost, and they're wearing, like really heavy armor and so John has to use uh, armor piercing rounds and like this oversized shotgun and he just goes to town with them yeah th- imagine those as stormtroopers yeah that was an awesome scene I definitely remember that those were awesome scenes so many great scenes in that film in that series uh, except the ending fights but well, that's that's a whole other story I really like the one in the sequel but oh, no, I mean in three. I'm talking like the one with with, yeah. with both raid uh, raid bosses. Yeah, that it felt like a recycling of two as well in some ways. But not just, not just that, but it also felt like okay, John really doesn't know what he's in. It, like he's clearly like outmatched. Yeah, and we're giving him this one. It's like uh, <laughs> it's pro- that, another another time. Back to what the issue at hand. Um, sure. So yeah, you know, I guess we talked about the droid section of it. What was the next part? Uh, well, the, the, I guess the conclusion that we reached there is that Droidicas should be base model and that they shouldn't have talked and you can have, and there should be more, I guess, scarier droids. Yeah, wouldn't it be better if they were just a faceless kind of drone army? Just this oppressive force. Here's that that too. Here, you, get, you have Droidicas that are like the base model and then you have the Magna Guards with their Electro Staffs as like the super battle droids, like the next step up. Mm-hmm. So you have long, you have close reigns with shields, and then you have 
or even long range. Sorry, you have long range with shields. Or maybe mid-range, I'd actually say, yeah, because they're more mid-ranged, uh, Droid Kazar. And then you have up close and personal range with um, with Magna Guards. And then you go from there. Yeah, and I will spoil this. This will be in an episode we, that we watched The Mandalorian, but they did introduce, introduce a new form of Imperial droid soldiers that were very intimidating. So, Ah, okay. Yeah, so that would have been another good addition. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, look at... When they introduced the super battle droids, I think in our commentary we just started laughing at them because they just looked so clunky and stupid. Yeah. Especially when they had them like slipping on oil slicks in the third film, like oh, like what, <laughs> what, what are you doing? And, and again, keep in mind, like if we had to, if the prequels were redone, there has to be an explanation as to why the Empire decided to go with clones and or. Again, I still don't believe that in, in 4, 5, and 6 they were clones. I mean, initially the idea probably wasn't that they were all clones, right? Oh, yeah. No way. They were all, like, either volunteers or part of an army. Or maybe, you know, slaves, like in, in, in the sequel trilogy. Yeah, I thought that was a little too easy, honestly. Brainwashed slaves? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it's not like the Nazi army was made up of slaves. It was made up of uh, patriots. In a way, patriots. Yeah, there were there were very few that were actually like not loyal to Nazis, but they had no choice. I'm sure there was many people who were like were loyal to the country, were loyal to Germany, not the party, but were still, but not the dream. Yeah, I think I think, but yeah, I, I think that's better. You know? Yeah, way better actually. With um, it it being literally just like you know the fascist regimes, mm-hmm. rather than a clone army or a droid army it's like they're taking away all the responsibility slave army oh yeah slave army is interesting though that's a fascinating like way of doing things but yeah i I guess it's an interesting kind of escalation but if it wasn't the if it wasn't um the empire or the republic that'd be like it was a different like system of planets altogether that'd be or culture uh on a planet that'd be actually fascinating to explore yeah, please, please. Like, as much as I like the second season of Mandalorian, it's like we're still dealing with Imperials versus... I mean, now it's versus the New Republic, but it's like, can't we just go to a completely different part of the galaxy? Completely different I- ideology behind our villains and heroes? Yeah. All right, so that was our conclusion for that first part. Second part of the reexamining of the prequel droids instigating a no-kill rule for the Jedi, which doesn't work for the, uh, work from Return's perspective, and putting them, the Jedi, up against sentient life forms as antagonists, including androids, a big distinction between them and droids slash drones. Uh, that puts them at odds with public opinion and the Republic. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say to that one. That's like a giant <laughs> question. I guess we could start with the no-kill rule part. Yeah. Do Jedi not kill? Uh, well, as far as in, in 4, 5, and 6, yes, they do. But it's not so much in a... Uh, it's hard to say that they're... I mean, Obi-Wan... Lops off an arm. He manipulates people's minds pretty easily. Yeah, he jumps right to lopping off an arm when he gets kind of in a tough spot. Yeah. Like, these guys are like old-school samurais. Kind of like, we're here to be protectors, but get in our way and you might find yourself... You know, in a pretty rough spot. Yeah, Buddhist monks, these are not. Yeah. Or at least the, the the stereotypical Buddhist monk of like, oh, they're pacifists. Like, these guys aren't combative uh, pacifists. They will, like, 
their blood will be shed, or at least blood shouldn't be shed because the wounds should be cauterized. And that's a big error in four, but whatever. I'm surprised that... Did I... Actually, did I mention that? I probably did mention that in the commentary of, like, why... He goes so far as to not have Han, you know, shoot first, but he doesn't have the decency to clean up the blood or clear up the blood. Yeah, there's there's no explanation for Lucas and, and his weird ideas. Like, I would, honestly, if I had editing power, I would probably get rid of all the blood just because it's, um, uh, just because the wound should be cauterized, at least in my opinion, of course. <laughs> yeah. Because the lightsabers can heat things up, so therefore the arm should be cauterized and there should be no blood, or at least minimal blood. And That's fair. I'd also fix up the fact that uh, it's Luke who activates the um, lightsaber in, ha- in, in in five, so that way nobody but Jedi or Force users can use lightsabers. That's always irked me. Yeah, I, we, we kind of disagree on that. I don't mind... Um... I like the idea of like a bounty hunter that used a lightsaber. Oh god, I think well, that you, could be cool. Then watch the watch the Clone Wars episode with Favreau uh, as a Mandalorian uh, with a dark saber. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I just I'm just so used to like Jedi are the only ones that can use lightsabers and would only have the ability to use lightsabers, and everything else is a pale imitation or it's a uh, high frequency uh, weapon to go against a lightsaber but is still inefficient to a lightsaber that's interesting yeah you could you could make it that the kyber crystal needs to be activated by the force to ignite that's literally all i'm saying like that's it's it's force sensitive so you have to have the force to use it yeah you'd have to purposely explain that to the audience but yeah no that could work absolutely i would agree with that exactly that's that's literally how i put it but anyway anyway sorry like so no kill rule um Basically, oh, I think I know what it was. So the idea is that the Jedi are kind of like modern... Maybe I, I don't even know if I went this far when I thought of this, but it's, it's kind of like police nowadays uh, in modern America. Uh, America, excuse me, so in both like, you know, up in, in America and up in Canada, where they're under scrutiny for exercising too much force uh, and, and some brutalization, of, of course. George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, and they, perhaps the Jedi before the story have had a massive, like, you know, there were rogue Jedi and that's what led to Sith or something like that, or, you know, destruction happened and and public opinion is against them. And so now they have to rebuild their identity so they can't really kill anymore. They can't just, like, take names uh, and start lopping things off, lopping arms off, or anything like that. Because, obviously, George didn't want to have Jedi kill species, because he's like, well, that's not how they would do things. Like, that's not what I visioned Jedi doing, even though he had Obi-Wan lopping the guy's arm off in four. Mm-hmm. Where was I going with perspective? Oh, yeah, the perspective of, like, how... In, in Returns, uh, Obi-Wan and Yoda are very much asking Luke, yeah, you're well, not asking, but telling Luke, yeah, you're going to have to kill Vader. Yeah, it could, you could do something interesting with that, with painting the no-kill rule as kind of like their foolish idealists, like keeping uh-huh. this weird religion, and then years later then being like, yeah, we were wrong, and that's why we failed, and you have to be better than us, and you have to kill Vader. <laughs> yeah, exactly, or like, there's a no-kill rule, but they abuse the like Batman, they abuse that to the logical extreme. 
of like, yeah, we'll just lop off a finger here, an arm there, like nothing, nothing's bad. You're still alive. <laughs> we'll just chop off all limbs until you're like just like a machine man. Cybernetics exist. <laughs> like they got away with it. They, they, uh, Tartakovsky got away with it with Dirge, of course. And not even that, because we see Asajj Ventress just going to town in that gladiator pit, so... <laughs> and there was no blood there, so... No excuse, of course, but whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, you know me. I think the no-kill rule is just insane, so... I would feel like they would have to paint it in a negative light to make certainly. it make sense. Otherwise, it would just look cartoonish. So you p would probably prefer sentient lifeform antagonists to the droids basically yeah as the army absolutely yeah yeah they could do an interesting thing with a droid army they would just have to make it about the fact that they're droids yeah like not just be droids and not really comment on it yeah same with the clone army of like okay what are the implications here and yes the clone wars does go into that pardon me yeah. I don't even know. I mean, I, there actually might be an episode that has to deal with droid, the, the concept of droids as well. I could be wrong on that. Yeah, that I don't know. I know that they apparently, in Rebels, like, do some stuff where they reflect on um, the whole, you know, we took part in Order 66 and we killed these people who are our friends. Apparently they deal with some of that kind of trauma. Yeah, I believe that too. So that that's interesting. I'd be curious to see what they did with it, but that doesn't change the, the films. I mean... <laughs> yeah. Uh, including androids, which General Grievous was, you know, supposed to be a cyborg. Yeah. Very limitedly, of course. He had, like, a face, his brain, his heart, his lungs, and that was it. Mm-hmm. So kind of Robocop 2014, uh, if you remember <laughs> that movie at all. Probably not, but whatever. I remember the scene where they, like, show him what he is, and he's just, like, his couple organs left. Yeah. And just a head. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's literally what General Grievous is. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in episode 3 at least it'd be interesting if they brought Grievous back for Kenobi it's like you didn't kill me fucker <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure they're gonna bring back Maul instead well no because oh. he's in Solo well they're not bringing that back yeah but Solo <laughs> no because Solo's not to still takes place before 4 so they could still potentially do the Kenobi that they want to do yeah that's true They, I guess they could show like the rise of um, Crimson Dawn which is uh, his gang. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Crimson Dawn. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something from Destiny. Oh, he's got red skin. What do we call it? Uh, Crimson something. Oh, that's why it's called that. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, and he's rising. Okay, well, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I will. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, whatever, whatever. Sorry, sorry. Uh, yep. So, you have, uh, Any other thoughts on... on, on re-examining of the of the droids or, or have we reached our conclusions uh, yeah I think we've reached our conclusions right now I don't really know what else to say at, at least for now yeah not like not totally like you know this is set in stone but as of like you know this recording yeah we've kind of like stated that yes the either two things one they need to be redesigned and not looking dumb and or two you just go with straight up uh, flesh antagonists and the Jedi are a little more ruthless. More ruthless Jedi would have been great. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's one of those guys in, in the Clone Wars as well. Which guys? Uh, I, th I think there's a ruthless Jedi uh, character in in, um, in in the Clone Wars. 
Oh, interesting. Hmm. As there should be. I think I don't. I don't. I don't fully know, but I'm just going off of what I remember. Some stuff. Uh, next film or next note? Excuse me. Oh yeah. Jeez. Oh yeah. Okay. Still in Star Wars. Re-examining uh, the Jedi being forgotten in 15 years. Ugh. <laughs> Is that possible? And bring up real-world examples of events or people being forgotten in 15 years though that is because all written knowledge is erased from libraries since the internet doesn't exist in that world okay well i think it makes sense on in the outer rim where they were never really that close to the kind of place where the jedis would have prowled and kind of like asserted their authority the outer rim's always been i see but that's the only way that it makes sense. <laughs> I I guess the real world comparisons would be certain warriors in, say, Malaysia or in Indonesia that we don't know about because we, other than like, you know, looking, we could look that stuff up nowadays, like the history of warriors in, in Malaysia or Polynesia or Indonesia um, or ancient aboriginal warriors down in south america like what is now south america excuse me and we don't know what those guys were so i i sort of see like oh yeah those used to be like proud warriors uh knights of an old time and they're long gone now yeah and um i mean it's not like they have the space internet in star wars so exactly it's not like they could just easily look it up especially on somewhere like Tatooine where they don't really look like they have many like libraries. <laughs> I mean for Pitt's sake the internet wasn't even a conception when Lucas was writing the uh, novels or the novels the script excuse me. Yeah so I mean it people that's like one of the least of my concerns when it comes to knocking that. This is knocking the uh, continuity between the two franchises I should say. But... Yeah this is like with prequels involved without prequels I think it makes a little more sense. I could in everybody's mind of, of how that world looks in uh from from before four. Yeah, I could see it making sense. Yeah, for for all we know, I mean the Jedi could have already been in like massive decline by the time the Clone Wars started and they were just like that was the thing that kind of wiped them out finally. That is absolutely certainly my my headcanon. Yeah. Uh of of yeah, it's it's they're they're the last there there's only a few of them left and yeah, we don't often, like, talk about how, like, spread out they are or what, how, like, big the galaxy is. I mean, we, we do see that sometimes, but still, it's like, we don't get a big world map almost, in a way. Yeah, I don't remember if we talked about this in our Star Wars commentaries, but because Yoda was apparently so old, I always kind of thought maybe Obi-Wan was also old. And so I was like, maybe the Jedi were, like, an ancient kind of, maybe not species, but, like, ancient order. These people have been around for like hundreds of years, and like maybe that's why there there like wasn't that many of them anymore. Just been ones who've been around for a long time. So the Clone Wars could have been like hundred years in the past or more. Yeah, we really don't know. You and I should rewrite the uh, the whole prequel trilogy. <laughs> uh, I come up with something good. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, I I still go back to my headcanon of. Yoda used the Force to extend his life. That maybe not. Maybe his species is naturally nine hundred years old, but yeah, it could be in infusion with the Force just makes you live longer. Well, you know, again, trusting in the Force and and 
not using it for selfish means, even though he is kind of using it for selfish means. You had to get in those original films. I mean, we really didn't know anything about the Force. Yeah. so vague. And I guess we still don't. <laughs> well, I mean, we do have to set some rules apart. One, no flying. Flying doesn't exist. I don't want Jedi to fly. Well, I mean, they, they kind of do introduce the Force jump in Empire. I mean, that's... I mean, Superman started out with leaping tall buildings in a single bound. Yeah, he did. You're right. It's not that far off from flying, so... Yeah, no, well, and, you know, when they had the, the show in the 50s, it was only because... Yeah, we don't want him to keep on jumping, so can we just, like, you know, have him fly? Sure. And it stuck from then. And, I mean, really, it's not that far off, so... Uh, I don't know. I'm actually surprised. I forgot that. I think I mentioned that in New Frontier, where it's like, wait... Was this around the same time he was still fl- he was able to fly <laughs> in um in the comics or no? I mean I always like the idea of Superman being able to like he he's he does leaps first and then eventually he's able to fly. Yeah, I can't remember if they did that in Smallville. I can't remember if they had that him leaping like really high. <laughs> I kinda hope not, but mm, who knows. Uh are you satisfied with the answer, sir? Yeah, I, I think so. Or the conclusion that we've come to. I think so. That, yes, uh, if if there's the proper propaganda, and if you sil- silence those who, you know, I remember the Jedi and whatnot, and those conspiracy theorists, if there are conspiracy theorists in, in the Star Wars universe, then yeah, I guess it works. Yeah, and you know, and to be fair, I mean, we, we personally saw an example of people who were intentionally misleading their kid into thinking it was a myth um, with... Um, uh, I was going to say Aunt May. <laughs> With Luke's uh, uh, aunt and uncle. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe people were, like, living in fear, and they were like, oh, no, if you say anything about Jedis, you know, you might have yeah. some trouble. So, keep it quiet. Problematic with the with the prequels, but with without the prequels there, it makes a little more sense. Because there's not 15 years of a difference. This is 15 years of a difference. Yeah, the prequels, they, they fuck everything up in so many ways, but... I mean, 15 years is a long time, like, I guess, you know, we're about to be hitting 9-11 on 20 years, and there's still so much, you know, discourse around that, and what happened, other than the obvious. Yeah, but, I mean, every September 11th, they, I mean, I hate to say drag it out, but, I mean... Yeah, I, I see your point. It's, the news cycle is just covered in, don't forget, never forget... And use this as an excuse to still do horrible foreign policy. There we go. So, I mean, they'll never let that go for as long as they want to do their forever wars. <laughs> moving on. Not because of that, but just moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, oh. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay, so uh, in our Pacific Rim Uprising commentary, <laughs> I forgot to mention something. I forgot about that one. Wow. This is really stupid, and I, me- I meant to watch, or I meant to say this, and just again completely forgot. But the three new Jaegers that we see, uh, that are piloted by the kids and John Boyega and Scott. It's that guy's last name. Uh, Eastwood. Eastwood. Thank you. Uh, at the end, represent rock paper scissors, or the archetypal sharp, blunt, and range combat, respectively. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I didn't think about that. We have one that have uh, we have one Jaeger that has two twin swords. We have another that has a, I think it was a, a flail, which is a ranged uh, 
whatever you call it, a, a ranged weapon. The one on, like, the chain? Yeah. It's a ball and chain, basically. And then we had another who's... Um, uh, who is the rock? I actually don't even remember that. There was a hammer guy. I don't, yeah, I don't remember now. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, that movie's left my brain again. It left my brain the first time. and Yeah, it has. The fact that we even did that commentary left my brain. <laughs> That's fair. Oh, I should also wow. mention, um, I made a mistake also in that where I said, oh, yeah, Scott Eastwood is also in um, um, Independence Day Resurgence. I recently watched that on TV. Not in it? He's not in it. No, it's uh, it's Liam Hensworth that's in it. That's that's who it is. Was oh yeah, that's another one that had left my brain. But wow, you finally saw. It. What'd you think? You know, it's I, I kind of liked it, but not like totally. It was it was kind of what I expected it to be, mm-hmm. and it somehow reminded me of uh, an '80s anime almost. Interesting. Uh, just that. It reminded me of Macross. I've, I've, up front, I've never seen Macross. I've seen reviews of Macross, but it's. Was that with Robotech, the first season adapted? Uh, part of it was in there, but like I'm talking the initial like Macross series, not yeah, it related to Robotech, but just. I was just wondering, but <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I, I don't think Macross does this, but uh, there's probably a anime out there that, or a Japanese animated TV show or property that has it where that the humans defeat the aliens and then take their technology and then like advance and reverse engineer it. And mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, that's cool. Like I like, I immediately like that idea. And I think they use it to a good extent in that, in that movie. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really cool. So that was, that was really cool. I'm glad that we actually went with that. There was advancement. I was a little miffed that they didn't have, um, um, Katara's actor. I'm trying to remember, uh, May Whitman. Yeah. Way Whitman, Reprise her role as uh, the president's daughter. Oh, uh, I don't even remember that. Well, she, yeah, I mean, she was a kid when they filmed that movie, but she was the president's daughter. Interesting. I don't remember him having a daughter, but I don't, I never think about that movie. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah, Resurgence had like a good first half an hour where I was like, wow, this is actually really cool. All the stuff, like up until that weird pod thing came to the moon. Oh, yeah. It was like after that point. And everything went downhill for me. Yeah, all of a sudden it becomes uh, Destiny, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and there's that whole thing with that dad driving around in that uh, like school bus picking oh, people yeah. up. Yeah, I was like, what? The- we are spinning our wheels here, man. Yeah, and then he's like, all of a sudden, like heading right towards Goldblum, and it's like, oh, what's going on here? Like, wow, that's coincidental. And like the <laughs> the Queen Alien at the end in the desert. It's like, this is the setting that you chose to put this thing. Like, this is just weird choices but I'm glad you finally saw it (laughs) maybe we'll do a commentary of it if it ever is on Netflix or something like that I think it was okay is it actually is it good no probably not good enough to do a commentary of yeah I think we because they're both super bloated both those movies I feel like we'd start to get bored that's true a lot of boring parts yeah I feel oh and that's what it was it ends similarly to um, identically to Pacific Rim Uprising where it's like, all right, now we're gonna go hunt them. It's like, oh boy. <laughs> and uh, pred- the Predator. Oh yeah. That's like a mark of a bad movie. We're gonna hunt them in the sequel. It's like, no, you're not. Oh my. <laughs> Stay tuned for the next movie. <laughs> yeah, right. Nope. Oh man. So that that's the one. Um. Oh, okay. So the next part. Um. Or my next note. I don't know. I haven't followed up on this recently, but this was when I wrote this down. I th- it had to be like January. 
they were just so like in the news so i was like okay i gotta speak from my heart about this uh my take on those monoliths popping up around the world <laughs> wow it's really stretching back yes uh, if you want to figure out who's behind these, set up a campsite nearby it, uh, dose it in gasoline, light a match, set it ablaze, and start roasting something to pass the time away before the owners come back panicking over it and demanding why you set on a fire. You respond with, to see why your online group is placing them uh, in these latitude-related places. Uh... <laughs> uh... It's all because of latitudes, I swear. That's literally the only reason why they're all popping up. They're all along the same latitudes. I I don't remember. I, I didn't pay much attention to that in the first place, but... I just thought, I don't know. I I don't know why I, I was so against <laughs> it. It was just like... I You know, it wasn't... No, sorry. It wasn't the monolith. It was everybody's reaction. Like, oh, no, it's a, it's a UFO. Like, the aliens have come here. It's like, dudes, it's just like urban artists. That's all it is. Yeah, I was going to say, why are you against it? Because it was a huge thing in the pop there culture. There we go. So. Because pop, it's part of the pop culture, and I don't like pop culture because I'm not a part of pop culture, so therefore, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, you and Todd McFarlane, you guys should uh, have a chat about that. He'd, he'd be right there yeah, with exactly. you. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't care because it seemed obvious that it was a hoax, oh, yeah. and I was like, uh, what's, what's the point? I guess, yeah, I was just watching the news, and they kind of were taking it seriously not they weren't taking it seriously but they were commenting on it a little too far not far uh too much excuse me and it's like it was literally just oh, like yeah. you know urban artists doing something cool and i'll admit it, it was probably it was pretty cool what they were doing except they were all triangles weren't they and not actual like rectangles like in the movie but yeah i feel like a lot of them like i feel like maybe the first one was like actually like somebody planted there like quite a while ago and just it took a while to be discovered that's true yeah, I think the other ones were, like, yeah, not even close to, like, the same. Again, I didn't pay too much attention, but they, when I'd see the pictures on Facebook, they looked not the same. Yeah. So, it's cool cats. idea that, like, almost everybody, like, one artist, like, uh, it, it was almost a, a fad. Uh, of mm -hmm. Just like, oh, we're going to just put them everywhere. I was like, okay, I could sort of see the fad there. But then pop culture just, like took upon themselves like oh look at these like what are those and it's like it's from alien it's from space it's like oh golly come on i never liked those copycat fads like it's cool the first time you just keep doing it and it just loses all of its luster Fair enough. you're probably right on that uh it's a game of telephone it just becomes bland by the end of it but that's why i've never gotten memes i feel the same way about memes you're not missing much you're honestly not missing anything <laughs> Oh, oh by the way, did you see that the... I guess we'll watch it live here, but uh, did you see that the Mortal Kombat trailer came out? I did, but I have yet to watch it. I yeah. guess we'll just do that live, because why not? Sure, why not? Yes, is it just Mortal Kombat? I believe okay. so. Yeah, Red Band trailer, right? Yep, that's yes, what I'm watching. Ago, right? Oh yeah, from IGN. Mine's from One Media. Can you hear that? Uh, I can't. No, cool. Yeah. Okay, hang on. Let me see here. Alright. Yeah, so should we get it to timestamp zero? Zero's two minutes and 42 seconds. Uh, minus two minutes and 30 seconds. Whoa, I better find that one. Then. It was the IGN one. Or sure. It's on IGN, pardon me. 
Everybody listen up. We're going to be doing a reaction video. You know, we got a film on film here, videotapes. Yeah. Uh, videotape. It's on file. It's on record right now. Yeah, we're, we're being like every other person. Like, we're going to react to this and whatnot. Um, <laughs> any thoughts of what you want to see in the uh, in this from this trailer? Um, Passable no. CGI. Goro? I'd like to see, is it Goro? Oh, yeah. Is that the guy with the bunch of arms? Yeah, four-armed guy. I'd like to see him again. Otherwise, I don't care. Uh, passable CGI. <laughs> passable CGI, sure. Uh, I know that, going into this, I know Sonya and Johnny Cage aren't in this movie. They're focusing mostly on, I think, uh, the Chinese cast, or the Chinese side of things. Like, in the universe, I mean. Oh, okay. I gotta show you Mortal Kombat... Uh, Legacy, because it's I don't know if it's Legacy, but the or, or whatever the DC not DC whatever Warner Brothers animated put out recently, because it was actually pretty good. I watched it a few weeks ago. Oh yeah, I remember you telling me that. Yeah, I've never seen the animated stuff, only the live action. That's fair, but I think the newest animated one is is like pretty much does a good job of explaining the like the first game's storyline. With the storyline like shown through uh, Scorpion's eyes, but I think yeah, we'll watch that. But anyway, sorry, uh, everybody, get it to timestamp zero. We're watching the IGN one. I don't like IGN, but in this case, we're just gonna watch it because why not? <laughs> uh, everybody, please press play right now. Yeah, this fine preview has been restricted. Oh crap! It's pretty sure it's oh. We see some ice. Hey, is that ice? Yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, oh, I like ice. Oh, wow. Oh, is it Sub-Zero? Is Sub-Zero? Oh, there he is. Hell yeah. Oh, so that's supposed to be Jax. Yeah, is Okay. Oh, yeah. I think his name was Sub-Zero. Oh, never mind. That is Sonya. So Sonya is in there. Oh, it's all frozen. See the main villain? Yeah. Interesting. Everybody has birthmarks and... Is this Chicago? Looks like the Dark Knight. Hey, I love this. It's all snowy. There we go. Um, oh, what's that one from Kickboxer? Hey, there's that yeah. guy who's in Lost. From the Wolverine. Oh, he's Scorpion. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Whoa. Yeah, this looks like it's gonna be pretty R rated. Sixteenth, eh? Oh, never mind. Oh wow, that's okay. oh, oh hey. Interesting. Ooh, guys, they're bringing Raiden back in. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, was that a Baraka? Oh, there's. That wasn't... No, that wasn't Donnie. No, never mind. Oh, there you go. Hey! It was Sub-Zero, right? I, I can't remember oh. for sure if that's that character's name, but... Oh. Nice. <laughs> Damn, that looks awesome, that actually. Yep, yeah, I'll give him that. That was actually pretty cool. Yeah, I'm pumped. Um. Yeah, I don't know about that, but hey, I'm excited. Could have been a little uh, more better on that one, but whatever. 
It's probably just going to be like the Bane uh, from the initial IMAX thing. They'll yeah. change the voice. Whoa! Holy crap, no wonder this trailer is rated R. Yeah, do you think? <laughs> um, hey, it looks cool. Interesting, they did not go with cool. Johnny Cage. Uh, I'm surprised by that, but uh, oh, whatever. Yeah, I can't wait for this to come out because we'll do a little mini retrospective right beforehand. We'll watch the two live-action movies in that animated one oh, you said. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you've never seen the live-action ones, right? No, <laughs> although I did watch uh, James Rolfe and his crew review them, and uh, boy, it was funny. Oh... Yeah, Annihilation. That's one of the... It's pro... No, I guess I, I was going to say it's even in the top five worst video game movies, but I can't even say that anymore. You can't even say that anymore, eh? Fair enough. I wish I could, because the depths that those video game movies goes to, I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, fair enough, eh? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, some, I think one of the uh, raid actors is actually in that. I don't remember his name. Joel Talsim? No, probably not. Oh, uh, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I, but I know one of them is uh is in it. I don't know, know who it is or who he's playing. Pardon me, but I'm surprised we're doing Jax this early because Jax shows up in like Mortal Kombat 2, I believe. But I guess this is like just an amalgamation okay. of everything. Yeah, I'm sure they don't really care. We're not going back that but far. Hey, you at least got your Goro uh in there. Yep. And the uh you know the CGI looked passable. Yeah, no, it looked. It, there were some cool sequences in that. April sixteenth. Hopefully, the theaters. Will I be just open hope that. Yeah, well, well, hope so. Uh, I just hope that that's not. They. I hope they didn't show everything. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I, sure. I, I hope it's not one of those. The trailer just showed everything, literally, or at least all the good <laughs> action scenes, and there won't be any other action scenes after that. No, yeah, I'm sure we'll see more. And I like that Sub Zero is the main villain. That's pretty cool. Get the ice. Yeah, cream. that's pretty funny, actually. All in good time. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, Son of Godzilla Afterthoughts. Oh, cool. Um, this it's just a quick passing one, but um, not to correct Eric, but he said <laughs> that a character named Mantis uh, in Aquaman the movie uh, had laser vision. What he meant mm -hmm. was Black Manta. Black Manta. Aquaman's nemesis. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, sorry. That was literally like my only after because I listened to it and he said Mantis and Aquaman. I'm like, there's no Mantis in Aquaman. So, <laughs> did you listen to that one recently? Or I listened to that one. Yeah, well, recently when I wrote the notes down. I mean, oh okay, yeah, sure. And so I was like, oh no, he meant Black Manta. Pardon me. Unless they do they call him Black Manta in that. Yeah, I, I think so. It's been a while. It's been 20, since 2018. I guess it has been a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I remember being confused by that because I was like, Mantis? Oh, who's yeah, that? the girl from Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> and finally, my last note uh, of note, pardon me. Uh, oh, yes, also from that commentary. Terry, still from there. Uh, discussing... Oh, yeah, this is, this is one that I wanted to go into, but we kind of just went past it and... So this is, yeah, this is still, like, Son of Godzilla. Uh, discussion of Godzilla behaving like a Japanese parent uh, to Manila. We kind of had that uh, once, uh, the, the, the one reporter kind of, I think, drop a line about that. Oh, he acts like, you know, Japanese parents. Oh, I don't remember that. Uh, and, and so how I, how I took that was um, how I think it also reflects American parents raising their children with strict physical abuse uh, in the 1950s and 60s. Uh, 
it, it just makes me wonder if the Japanese took some of those mores, excuse me, social mores, uh, while occupied by America, or if they both have always had these mores, intuitive parenting skills uh, at the time. Always. Yeah. So it's it's it just it, it expands past all. It goes through all human cultures basically. I mean, we treat kids like we treat animals, you know. Yeah, and sometimes treat animals better than uh, kids. No, that's fair. That's certainly fair. Which is not the not the best. I'll say that, but yeah, I I don't. Yeah, I'm. I probably was giving that film a little too much, but it just was. It was just an interesting line, because <laughs> um, I know Japanese took some stuff from Americans when they were occupying them there. Uh, I don't know if there was any mm-hmm. vice versa, and I just thought that I don't know how many kids were living in Japan at the time. Uh, or Ameri- American families, sorry, were <laughs> living in Japan when oh, they were occupying yeah, yeah. them at the time. But yeah, there's, it, it obviously is a Japanese. It, it's not a Japanese thing. It's not exclusive to the Japan or nor America. It's around the world when kids are rebellious and adults are like, you can't be rebellious. That's not nice. Or not even that. You can't be free-spirited. You must be this. Or not even rebellious. Sometimes it's just you're the person that's there, and I'm feeling bad, and I want to feel a little bit better yeah. by beating you that's down. That's not <laughs> good. That's no good. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty grotesque, is what it is. So that ends my uh, my my notes, my my makeup notes um, this month of yeah <laughs> yeah for this edition of the teeny speakeasy. Me looking like a fool. And uh, me trying to cover my bases. Yeah, I should start doing that too, because so many times too, I f- feel like a big jackass. Yeah. This week on Isaac acting like a jackass, pardon my language. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the joys of uh, having hours and hours of yourself talking off the cuff. <laughs> Again, I try to, I try to make myself. I try to, I listen to myself so I can uh, improve, and I certainly know I'm not improving, but then. Hopefully, eventually, I'll improve. I'll just say for... Because there's one that's very much on my mind right now. Um, I just finished, I believe, the final edit of the Speakeasy that we did with Johnny. Oh, the book club. Yeah, Speakeasy number 10. And, yeah, I don't like listening to that episode because I think I... Well, one, I was super stoned um, while we were recording it. (laughs) Which was a big mistake because... um, we were all talking, you know, oh, what, what's your favorite books? You guys would list a book that you'd like, and you'd go on for, like, like maybe a minute or two explaining, like, oh, this is why I like it, this is why I like it. Me, all I did was just list the names. That's it. <laughs> uh, fair enough. And, yeah, I didn't realize at the time, because I was so stoned. I mean, I was, like, and I'm barely present through the whole episode, because I was just listening in most of the time. Yeah. But listening to it back, I was like, oh, like, what the fuck? <laughs> I could have said more here. So that's definitely something I'll have to keep an eye on in, in the future. One, not to get that stone on a podcast. Oh, <laughs> and two, to, uh, to try to expand on my opinions rather than just state them. But, I mean, I don't know if I stated them extensively or or eloquently. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess you'll find out on Monday. I mean, that's when I'm putting yeah. it out, but I, I think so. Fair enough. Yeah, it's, it was funny editing that one right after editing the one with uh, Jason. Yeah, because both one, the ones, it's basically you and, a, and someone else, and then me just coming in very sporadically. Well, throughout. hey, it, I, you, you got to be 
the talkative one with uh, Zach and Aaron. Yeah, that's, I guess that's true. But peace. <laughs>